Boodaloo, do 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 Bumper. Oh, I was supposed to say a bumper. Did you prepare a bumper? So there. Well, come on. You didn't think it was realistic for Chewbacca to get killed by a moon. Apparently, you guys did. Canto bite. Useless. Anakin's whiny. He's whiny. It's just the Skywalker way to be incredibly powerful, a little bit bitchy. Who among us hasn't put loose change in a floppy disk drive? I'm that guy. I'm that guy. 30 nerd points from Gryffindor. Welcome to General Geekery, specifically, it's a podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Lou. And today is Star Wars Day. We painted our faces. We were arresting place of the light. After this, there will be major spoilers for Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. It's May the 4th. Sorry, we're just going to talk about The Last Jedi. Man, that Jedi really tied the room together. Last Jedi. Okay, here we go. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Loved it in a way. Sure. I feel like everything needs to have some sort of like disclaimer. It's like, disclaimer, don't judge what I'm saying now. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm meaning. Well, it's like, otherwise this would be the world's most boring podcast. <laughs> what did you think? Yeah, it was pretty good. What did you think? Yep. No, nothing it, entirely remarkable, but nothing unremarkable. I expected some of it, but not all of it. <laughs> and this is now Casey Casey. <laughs> Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. No, I really loved it. I really did. Here's the thing. My, here was my personal viewing experience. We know what I was expecting based on the, the last episode. And at our last episode, not episode eight sure. um, or seven, is I was excited. I had some things that I wanted answered. I had some things that I would hoped would happen. But my first disclaimer I have to say before I say anything else about this movie is the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do what so many other podcasters and just people in general are doing. I'm not going to talk stylistically. It's like when somebody turns in a paper oh. and you're like, and, and you read it and you're like, well, I don't really like how you wrote it, but I mean, you got the facts right. So yeah, I so, thought you were saying you were not going to do what every other podcaster does and you weren't going to have a Casper ad brought to you by Casper. Best night's sleep you've ever had. <laughs> Casper, friendliest ghost. <laughs> no, is I'm not going to stay say stylistically. I wanted to see X happen and I'm mad that X didn't happen because that's just you wanting you. Someone else wrote it. You need to be surprised when you go to a movie theater. So I'm not going to say. I'm not going to address this in the same way you address a, pa- address a paper and go, stylistically, I disagree with it. I would have done this because I know better. But I'm going to come to it from the, from the angle of, I loved it. I sat down in a movie theater opening weekend with a bunch of other people that were excited to see it, and I smiled my entire way through that three hours. I smiled through the whole thing. 
all 231 minutes. But I had a good time. But something happened and sunk into me even as I left the movie theater and something was amiss. So I'm going to start with that. I liked it. I really liked it. I smiled through the whole thing. I enjoyed it. I watched it with a whole bunch of other Star Wars fans. And we all we cheered when the opening crawl came on. And we had a good time. And we all got to point and nudge and say, what's this? Oh, look at that. Oh, I can't believe that just happened. We all laughed together. We had a good time. But something was just different when we all walked out of there. There was something that was sinking in. And I've given it some time to think about. And I'm, I'm, I'm saving that. So, oh. But right now, I'm just going to focus on... I'm, not, I'm sorry to bury the lead. <laughs> Later, Ben will be pissed. <laughs> but right now, let's talk about what made us happy. So what were, what were your opening, opening thoughts, opening remarks, initial feelings about The Last Jedi? It was pretty. Oh, it was gorgeous. Loved Porgs. Loved Porgs. 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 I like to think that the Porg that turned Chewie vegan. More influential to me was the Porg that turned Chewie. <laughs> That's it. I would like to think that that Porg, that the one that was cooked, was that Porg's mom. Mm. And he's just like, Mom? Like, <laughs> it was a deep emotional familial tie that really caused that turn. So going, you were saying you like the Porgs. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's it. I was I like saying that. No, no, I, it, was, it was. I live my life by the plushes I can buy. <laughs> plush life. <laughs> Hashtag plush life. <laughs> it, it was very pretty, and it had it hit a lot of like the episode one, two, and three beats. Where it didn't hold to a lot of the more rigid. Uh, we're not going to talk stylistically. It didn't hold to a lot more of the rigid narrative kind of feel and flow of four, five, and six. It kind of felt back to like the one, two, and three. You know, we got some random, here's a bunch of things running through. Yeah, it's probably like a pod race scene. Okay, here, here's that. You know, I had a bunch of fun. It was fun. I had a lot of fun too. Uh, that was another. <clears throat> yeah, visually, like, especially when you talk about the. Um, um, Gorgeous. Uh, when when you're on the salt planet, I mean, just in any movie, when you get stark contrast and the bright reds, mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that it's iconic scenery with the climax of the movie, the crescendo. Oh, we're totally fi- doing spoilers. The fi- oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> After this, there will be major spoilers for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, Ultimate. a movie, a movie that came out over a month ago. Alternate ending: Chewbacca, Luke's father. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> the the salt planet. Yeah, salt, was, salt planet was great and amazing. Looked the whole beautiful. Fi- yeah, the whole the whole fight scene and the little hints they dropped you throughout were just that was excellent. Great, absolutely great. Um, we couldn't leave the Death Star alone, though. You said we were going to wait to bitch about it till the next episode, but no, like, no, we can't leave the Death Star alone. Death we have to Star. call it back in seven, and we have to have a portable Death Star laser in eight. Like, we can't leave this damn idea alone. When we talk about... Like, tro- the Empire has one good idea. When we talk about tropes, is is it's like, okay, what's the big bad in the end of that movie, like, mechanically? Not, you know, a person, not Vader, not Kylo Ren. Yeah. It's the Death Star technology of the battering ram. Miniaturized and Death this Star technology. Miniaturized. You drop a battering ram on the salt planet, like four miles away? How far away are you? It wasn't already there. You didn't know there existed. They run to there, and you go, all right, we'll put the battering ram down there. Where you want us to put it? You want to put us next to the door? I mean, it's like it's a FedEx driver. It's like, you want us to put it next to the door? And you're like, nah, could you put that... About 400 yards that way, because we're going to drag this thing slowly through the salt planet until we get not even to the door. We're just going to be like, eh, yeah. a couple hundred yards. That's close enough. It's like Lock setting, it down, shut the door. 
It's like sending your FedEx driver on like a geocaching exercise. Like, oh, you have to sign for this. Oh, no, the signature <laughs> is at this coordinate. It's like three days later. It's miniaturized Death Star technology. Plus, it's a long ways away, and they got to drag it to you. Yeah. Kind of to you. Not all the way to you. And it's only a battery <laughs> ram. Like, you know what? Shit, let's just buy into this. Why not have a non-miniaturized Death Star and just blow up the, you know, small spot of the planet there? You don't have to hit the whole thing. The last of the rebels out. So I like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> As a whole. Yeah. On, on the whole, uh... It feels good. How you know? How many things do we complain about like that from Empire or uh, or Jedi, particularly, or you know, le- um, Return of, not yeah, stuff. And that's where that's where the big like, separation like that, is. And this is part of it. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Is even in spite of that, is because that's exactly what I wanted. That's well, well. I, again, I felt kind of like there's a lot of pacing and elements like from the first three in it. I feel like that four, five, and six. This is a Space West, you know, this is a space uh, Western, uh, spaghetti Western um, samurai movie that's kind of all mixed together and nobody really knows what they're doing and we're just making shit up as we go along. This is the same universe where we have stormtroopers who can't shit, heat, hit shit. You have uh, a castle run in measured in parsecs and it's supposed to be a unit of distance. So now we like retroactively go back to this whole thing and it's like, oh no, he was playing like three dimensional chess the whole time. The parsecs actually, it's it, the castle runs in the middle of this, you know, uh, black hole field of like a bunch of black holes that somehow haven't collided and all this stuff. And it's like, you literally just entered those things into the holocron right now. No, just look, just admit it was a mistake. One of my favorites, you know, favorite uh, interpretations of that is say, you know what? No, Han was just blustering. He didn't know what he was talking about. No, no, we had to go through all these hoops. So I like that I can complain about things like that because I feel like, I feel like that's part of the heart of Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. This is the same universe where we kill Chewbacca with a moon. With a moon. Let, yeah, let's not even get into to that. What, what is that creature called that <sighs> affects the gravity well? It's like the it's like the Jimmy Stewart of <laughs> Star Wars universe. Oh, you want the moon? I'll, I'll get it for you. I'll throw a big rope around it and crash it into the planet and kill a beloved character. Disney is doing this big shift, and that's going to get into my thesis in just a moment. Disney's doing this big shift where it's like we're taking the universe, but we're going a different direction with it. Obviously, Ryan Johnson gets his own trilogy, and obviously he doesn't want to look like, act like, or even make a movie in the same series with other people. <laughs> right. You know, he's he's doing his own thing. But you have a universe that's so beloved that there's so much information with all the EU books and everything else is that to make your new stories work, you're having to go back and retro engineer your canon. Yeah. And so they're going, they're going back. Now. These yeah, are legends. Legends, please. Yeah. Legends. So they're, Well, come on. You didn't think it was realistic for Chewbacca to get killed by a moon. <laughs> Apparently you guys did. I've seen it several times. You've seen it, I know, once theatrically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've seen it some since then in one way, form, or fashion. Sure. So... My watching after the second time, my first experience watching it was with a bunch of Star Wars people on opening weekend. Right. We all smiled and had a good time and laughed it up. The second time I saw it was a good three weeks or a month after it opened. And it was not. It was the people that this is three, four, five movies down their list of like, "Ah, I should go see a movie. Let's take the family to see a movie. Star Wars is really big and we've already seen everything else. The reaction in that theater was universe is different. It was Hmm. vastly, vastly different and a totally different viewing experience. A lot of the things that I thought didn't hit 
in my first viewing slammed with this group. A lot of the things such as Luke throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder to start with that right off the off the get go. And you could feel the room get tense in the first viewing with all the Star Wars people. You feel the room get tense of people being like, what what just happened? Like, is that he's not even acting like Luke? What's what's going on? Like it was it was already like a like a what's going on here. The people in the other viewing who I think probably this may be their first Star Wars experience ever. Mm -hmm thought it was hilarious. They're like, oh, this guy's a jokester. This guy's fun. You know, isolated, weird old hobbit, you know, lives out by himself, throws lightsabers over his shoulder and goes stabs big fish. Seems neat. It was a totally different viewing experience. Now, the upheaval, sorry, I, let's still stay with stuff we like because I still have more stuff that I like. Opening scene with Poe and the Dreadnought. I thought it was great. I, some people didn't like the humor of it, but that character is humorous, yeah. you know? If Han is, because he's kind of the Han character, if Han is making a joke, it doesn't take you out of it. You know, even like four, five, six, of course, but like, let's look at seven. And his character in seven is, you know, Han makes the joke of like, that's not how the force works. And then turns to Chewie, he's like, you're cold? Like, yeah. Like that kind of stuff really plays. It's fine. Messing with people is fine if it fits the character. Totally fit the character. I loved it. Holding for, holding for hooks. I really, all right, no hooks. All right, no hooks. Like, I, I loved that. I thought yeah. it was great. And then you get to see the badassery. You get to see him attack and take everything out and, and, and really start something that could be huge. Now, of course, obviously, there are repercussions later. He probably shouldn't have done that, put people's lives at risk, and then, at, at, at risk, and then we have some sort of weird plot device that I'm not happy with. But still, in that moment... It was perfect. That was a that was a perfect start to the movie. Mm -hmm. I felt so much. I was so nervous as we talked about before about going to this movie. I watched that opening scene and I just sat back for a second. I go, "We're gonna be good. We're gonna be okay. This is gonna be a good movie. We're gonna enjoy this." I loved the stuff with uh, with Ray uh, on on Oct two. Um, I, I didn't like Luke at all, but we'll get to that. But I liked Ray mm -hmm. and her interactions with Luke. It was to me the the most fascinating part of the movie is that whole development being there. And yes, people are going to be like, oh, well, it's Dagobah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And maybe that's why I like it. Maybe I'll be self-aware of the fact that I, I am nostalgic for it. So maybe I do want to see a little bit of Dagobah. Maybe I'm okay with that scene going down into the hole to the dark side being uh, Luke scene Vader, you know. Maybe, sure. maybe I'm okay with all that. Outside of that, I had some major problems with things that were done with Poe and with Finn and with Leia and hmm. not so much with Leia, yeah, I thought Leia Laura, was pretty spot on. And with Laura Dern's character, there were some things that I just, again, some of them are stylistic, some of them are not, but it's, I, but I was just like, ah, oh, that just doesn't fit the universe. Like things that I'm like, that just doesn't work. Huh. See, I, I thought, I thought, uh, um, Emerald Holdo was the, my only disappointment with, with her character is we're not going to get her back. Right. Right. I, you, you and, I, and, and, and it's especially unfortunate in light of what, you know, you learn too late to make that part of the movie, but when uh, Carrie Fisher passed away, right? But that just makes that sting hurt a little bit more. Well, and I think watching the film though, but how I, could you? You couldn't have predicted that ahead of time. Couldn't predict that ahead of time. And a lot of people, I, I don't know at what point in the process the whole uh, bombing of um, Leia Organa's ship and her being blown out and uh, out into space and her force pulling herself back in. I don't know at what point in all of this that became what was going to happen. I don't know if it was always there, 
because it really seems like a red herring in the movie. It's like it got everybody. Everybody yeah. goes, this is it. We This is the last we see. Carrie's dead. She's not going to be in the next one. This will be the last time we see Leia. And then when it's not and she finishes out the whole rest of the movie, it it does make logical sense to be like, Holdo is the next Leia. I mean, she's the next general, you know, yeah. of the rebellion. She should be part of that. That's where she should be. So I know we said we weren't going to bitch about it, but a ring that goes all the way across the universe. You have two really force strong, force sensitive people. You know, why not just explain it with the force? Why do you need a ring? But anyway, what I really didn't like about the follow on was there is a whole bunch of unnecessary stuff that they had to invent a whole bunch of unnecessary excuses and MacGuffins to make work, to have it do. Right. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to teleport at warp. Um, so you have all these weird little things that you had to introduce and work through when if they could have taken the Battlestar Galactica route, mm-hmm. the drama could have been on the ship the whole time. I think that's something that the star Wars universe never really had. There's not a lot of interpersonal stories. This is the Skywalker saga through the force and the universe. And that's that's four, five, six, one, two, three. That's what it's always been. It's like, what is what is this doing to advance a Skywalker story? We don't get anything about Poe or Holdo. We don't get drama on the ship that's building these characters deeply because I don't know. I just you know, Star Wars never really had that. I wish it did, but it's not something it's ever really had. Well, what it is that I think Rogue One hits really well is I still really like Rogue One. Love Rogue One. All of this is still a war movie. I know that goes without saying, but it almost needs to be said. Keep in mind, this is still a war film. It's a space opera. It's a war Mm -hmm. in space, but it's still in the parlance of military versus rebels and how the Jedi kind of run a central line and how they are representations of the good and evil within the forces of military forces fighting each other. Um, What I like about Rogue One is Rogue One shows you can, for the most part, take out the force because it's not obviously Jedi heavy or anything like that. Take, take the Jedi out of the movie and you still have a good movie. Rogue one is a war movie set in this universe, which basically is them saying we almost don't need Jedi to make a good movie. It helps. And what you see from this movie is that traditional star Wars fans want more Jedi stuff. But it's almost like Disney's going, we don't even really need the Jedi you know, that's, they're almost too powerful. Let's, we want the stories that are happening, you know, outside of that. But, well, the, pr- but the problem is they have nothing to sell, no cheap plastic, other things to sell in the, in the stores yet. So they got to keep the Jedi going a while while they build up some of these other things that you'll buy the other cheap plastic crap. Right. But to your point is there's not a lot of time to build interpersonal relationships all that much other than just clips, just here, little snippets here or there, a couple of words back and forth here and there. Sorry, it's always been that way in the Star Wars universe. I love you. I know. You know, yeah. that's that, that's always been part of it. You're describing an entire relationship in two sentences. You know why? Because you got to drop his ass in carbonite, and then you need to get to the next movie where you're going to have a big battle scene. Yeah, and, they're not, and, and you're even still sticking really with the type of the characters. Like, you haven't seen Leia really be all that vulnerable up until that point, but at the same time, she is the person who puts everything aside for everyone she cares about, everyone she's working with. She's always at a hundred, right? She's always going a hundred percent and she does that for Han. And then Han, I, I know cause he's always the jokes are, he's always turning the tables. Like this is even in their most vulnerable moments, they're still basically the characters that you've been given through two films. So in that question, I mean, because she is always a hundred percent, would she be maybe the most perfect character in the star Wars universe? Oh, she's my favorite character, but not favorite. 
Is she the most perfect character in the Star Wars universe? Basically, the only mistake that I can think of was she kissed her brother on the mouth, oh, which I guess some families of, do that. In terms of making mistakes? In, well, no, in, in terms of, of character, of in terms of, well, in strong character, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is that right off the bat, help us, Obi-Wan, your only hope. You you bring in Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, arguably the greatest Jedi uh, ever, you know, some are going to say Luke, he's at least my favorite Jedi. Um, but you get, he is brought in. She stays central to the story. She stays central to Han and their relationship and working through everything. She, uh, I mean, no one shoots a blaster like she does. I mean, she is, she is pretty much right through the entire thing, right up until this point where she has to resolve the issue between Holdo and, and Poe, which I don't think would ever happen if she was still there in charge. Hmm. I don't think that that situation would have happened if Leia was there. And maybe it's just she has better bedside manner. And maybe she, this, she has worse bedside manner. The, situ- but, the situation would have been different. But I mean, I think when you have, if you have someone with Leia there, even someone with Leia, maybe just the force of, you know, you need hope would have been enough because she's said that before and it's worked. So right. she, she has, she has a, she has the cred. She's backed that up. Right. And, and again, a, a most perfect moment for a most perfect character. She comes in out of, you know, her hospital bed and just by seeing her and just by her presence in the room, post stops. And then she shoots him because she's Leia. Right. Like, right. So it's she, like, it's not enough. Him, he had yeah. already given up and been like, Oh, it's you. Okay. And like he was already done. And she's like, no, not okay. Boom. And like shoots him, obviously not killing him, but just kind of yeah. like Poe. Know your role, dude. If, yeah, and uh, I'm 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 torn between whether or not if Poe had come to her, she was still you know if she was running that ship, she was Admiral Poe. It's okay. Like have faith. When have I ever failed you? Don't worry about it. He's like, oh yeah, okay. Or he comes in. He's like, I need an explanation. And she's like, sit the fuck down. I don't owe you shit. And then Poe's like, yeah, but I and she just shoots him. Right. Not or with even, not with a stunner, like with a real blast. Right. You know, right. just puts him right out. Anybody else got questions? <laughs> I would I would like to think that it would be more of just a wink where she just walks over and does that thing, almost like like a Jedi mind trick where she walks over and she just like puts her hand like on his shoulder and just goes and just winks, wink, and then just walks away and pose like, you know, she's got a point. These aren't the droids I'm looking for. Canto bite. Useless. Next question. <laughs> Sorry, I was so caught off guard. Useless. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> why would you why would you ask me more questions? Hey, uh, that, that whole part <laughs> frustrated. Now, there was a lot of cool stuff that happened in, in and around Canto Bite. As I said, I felt like that whole entire portion was artificially manufactured to advance the story. And people want to talk about the, oh, you know. But it did oh, advance the story. Okay, is there go good, ahead. Is there good, bad? Is there this, that, the other thing? I'm like, that, all that stuff was pretty shallow, worn on the sleeve. Um, the advancing the story itself, they could have told that whole story on the ship. There are lots of ways to have done that. But, okay, besides the point. Um, was very pretty. I like that they were trying to have some of that social commentary on the state of the uh, system. Because, like, one of my favorite scenes in Clerks is when they debate uh, blowing up the Death Stars. And... 
what why about they're the, different. What about the third? What about the third-party contractors? Right. What about the plumbers? Somebody's got to install the toilets. Believe me, my friend knew what he he should look what he was getting into. Which JJ said that that was a nod to Kevin Smith that he made Finn a sanitation worker. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I appreciate that they're like trying to have that kind of commentary on it. Uh, I think Clerks did it better, but. <laughs> You know, give them time. They're working on it. Um, their big thing is spectacle, so they have to get there. Uh, the end of the movie with the kid with the broom uh, here in the lightsaber tail, awesome. Great. Awesome. Absolutely great. This is the kind of thing that I wanted to see in this. This is the kind of way I wanted to see them open up the universe. Like, this is perfect. They could have done that somewhere else, too. The second time I watched it, Canto Bite was more enjoyable for me, mm-hmm. but I kind of knew what I was getting into, and... I don't know that I was caught off guard with it the first uh, the first time through. Just major things jumped out at me that took me out of it. Okay, putting coins in BB-8, <laughs> fine. I'm with you. That's funny. The spitting looks, them out. He looks like, oh, God. He looks like a little, he looks like a slot machine. He looks like a caricature of a slot machine because it's spitting the coins out. Well, no, but, that's the thing, though. So I didn't mind the whole problem of like putting them in. It's like, yeah. oh, that's funny. Sure. And that's like a joke. It's in of itself. It's just a little aside. Move on to your next. Who among us hasn't put loose change in a floppy disk drive? As a standalone joke, I, that doesn't bother me. But having him use it as a weapon to get them out of the situation, I just, I thought that was too much. I kind of I I felt like that was coming, though, because... Um, one of the complaints I had about the, um, one, two, episodes one, two, and three was all of a sudden R2-D2 is just like super badass. And it's like, oh, well it was before. And then a bunch of this stuff broke. Okay. But did they, was he really that advanced? How come right. he's not super depressed? Like, right. why is he not committing robot suicide at this point? Because he is like lost all of his functions basically. Right. Like what's, I don't know. It just, it, it seemed like there was. Um, a lot of, we've talked about this with Star Trek before. We're just going to invent a bunch of stuff and, uh, okay. That problem goes away. Whole classes of problems just gone away. We're not going to carefully balance this episode. We're not thinking, oh, you know what? We need to run this for like eight seasons. They're like, what do we got? Three, four movies before a reboot tops. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to teleport from work. Like, all right, the first five minutes, boom. All right. What you got? What else you got? So <clears throat> coming, coming back on Canto Bite is, Obviously, they sat down and they said, we need a cantina scene. Yeah. Every, we have them everywhere. We need dun, a cantina dun, scene. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you. <laughs> have you heard the metal version of that? No. You haven't? No, it's, it's amazing, though. Uh, I'll find it. There's a metal band that does uh, all metal covers of like all the songs from Star Wars. Um, we'll be back after these brief messages. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and have ourselves a treat. So Canto Bite felt like, oh yeah. You've been trying to do this for like five minutes. So Canto Bite, so Canto Bite. <laughs> I still haven't gotten the message. So Canto Bite, so, so Canto Bite. So they go to Canto Bite. Canto Bite, so they go to Canto, Canto Bite. So, all right. So boop, boop. Marker. He's an idiot and I'm stuck in an infinite loop. Here's what it feels like to me. 
that's a side mission to go pick up some sort of achievement. Like that's all it is. Like there's no reason plot wise, like you say, like the, the, the Battlestar uh, version. Yeah. Is you could have zipped up like the you know any trader mechanic you wanted and mistaken personalities could have been because why why was that ship even so full of people anyway why did they have all their ships with them but right. anyway yeah the only thing you don't get by tightening all that storyline up is an excuse for Finn and Rose to be able to get to the the Imperial capital ship I guess well well whatever. I'll leave my I'll leave myself open for that one, but that's that's basically the only thing you don't get is they're not already off the ship looking for an excuse to go somewhere, right? Um, if you zip it up like that, right? Like it it did feel like it was very side questy. I don't feel like it really added. It, it sets you up for a lot of cool stuff, like the ending scene, but that could have been done a lot of ways. You could have done the Katina Cantina scene anywhere, sure. Okay, you could have had all you know the finding officers the code breaker officers lounge on the capital ship. I hope we'll be Goldbergs there. They talk a lot about Star Trek in their Star Wars review. <laughs> this reminds me of Star Wars 6, not Star Wars 5. Star Wars 6. Uh, the Undiscovered Country? So you're trying to say Star Trek 6? Six? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now... S- I'm that guy. I'm that guy. 30 nerd points from Gryffindor. You could have done... Uh, you could have done can you could have yeah. done the ca- cantina scene somewhere else. You could have done um, the the code breaker somewhere else. But you had to go there because of the, your tie in at the end of the movie. They, it gives them an opportunity to do kind of a humanitarian, yeah. uh, you know, PETA thing by being like, all right, well, these horses are, uh, you know, uh, enslaved, and so we're going to free them. It's kind of the yeah, the, free the, the horses. It, you know, the kids go fuck them. But well, and, and that's what bothered me about it was they were like. Let the horses free. And it's like, what about the kids? And they're like, oh, no, the little broom catcher is still, uh, he's he's still enslaved. Yeah. You freed the horses, but the the, but the broom catching boy with the force, that dude has to stay here. And, and, and as they're like running out, they're basically sitting there saying, yeah, I guess you kids are on your own. Good luck with that. Hey, can you cover our escape? <laughs> it's like, really? Is the perfect really? Is the perfect example of like if you put like a kid and a dog in a movie, like somebody's gonna be like, oh, shoot the kid. I don't know. Don't. I can, I lived through old Yeller once. I can't do oh. it again. Yeah, I think that now I that's not Sophie's choice. I think that rule is like Malton's choice. <laughs> is if you have if you have a kid and a dog in a movie, there's no choice. Right. John Wick was three movies are based on that. Think about it. They we are so on a sides. They kill his wife and they kill his dog. And you're like, the dog? The dog? It's like, no, no, don't worry about the person that's been his emotional rock. His center yeah. of his life, the thing he gave up everything else in the world for. <laughs> Fido's dead, and he's killing everyone. They killed the dog? That was so unnecessary. It was necessary to kill his wife? Welcome to our review of John Wick, <laughs> The Last Jedi. That's the spoiler at the end. John Wick is The Last Jedi. So can we talk for a little bit about Luke? Let's, let's get to the meat of the we matter. Can. Mark Hamill didn't like Luke initially. So I guess the, you know, most people are familiar with this. What I think that means is he still doesn't like uh, Luke, but he can't, he's not allowed to say it. It's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, The general overview of it is Mark Hamill read the script and wasn't happy and vocally not happy with what they were doing with Luke. What Ryan Johnson, let's, let's put a fine enough point on it. Well, yeah, it was just this. Yeah. This was, this was the movie he was in. So yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) What are you going to do? Blame JJ for my five (laughs) seconds at the end. (laughs) I literally looked at the camera. <laughs> Who does that? 
How many takes do you think he did of just taking off the the hoodie? I'm paid. I'm paid by the hour. I'm paid, I'm paid by the hour. Well, we're gonna do this one again. Oh, you, you're getting sag rate and a half. Yeah. He didn't like it to begin with. He walked it back, of course, and he's like, oh, "I see what they're doing there, and they're going in a different direction." Mark Hamill is not one of those actors like the kid that played Anakin in Episode One, who has then been like, "Oh, the movie ruined my life." Mark Hamill loves this character. Yeah. Like he comes back and makes appearances as a character. He does voiceovers as the character. Like he's just, he's accepted it. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have other careers. I mean, he's a hugely successful voice actor. Yeah. He's the Joker. He's maybe the definitive voice of the Joker. He knows, he knows this character better than anybody else. And he was even like, are you sure this is what star Wars fans wanted out of this character? And the answer is they don't care. I'm the cock knocker. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he likes it so much that he'll even go, sure, Kevin Smith, I'll be in your movie. Right. <laughs> I'll be your villain. So if he, even he doesn't like the character, and I think, like I was saying before, in my, the second viewing audience that I watched it with loved that character and loved who he was. The first movie audience was half like, listen, it's Star Wars, whatever it is, it's good. I'm going to be happy with it. Just give me more Luke and Mark Hamill. And then and that seemed to be split down the middle with the other half, which is where I sit, which was like, what are we doing to this character right now? Like, this doesn't feel like the character in the other movies. And I think that was, I mean, you and, and I... And it shouldn't, because it definitely wasn't. But I think the part where we diverge is, I did like the character. Definitely was not Luke Skywalker anymore, as we've grown to know him. But, uh, you know, like one of the things that's easier for me to accept because I'm not Mark Hamill is I don't have such a strong tie to the character that we all grew up with. Right. So I don't have, I don't have that strong tie. And I also kind of went into that movie thinking, you know, we didn't see him at all in episode seven. This is the first time we've seen this character in 30. What's happened to him in 30 years. And I don't know how I feel about his motivation against the young Ben Solo. I'm not sure I totally understood his motivations uh, with young Ben. So, you know, with young Ben Solo, you know, well, I'm going to start a new Jedi Academy because you're old enough now. And then I'm, you know, going to kill you and whatever. Cause I sense the dark side. I'm not sure I understand all that, but I'm willing to, uh, I'm willing to just, uh, you know, like many things like, you know, faster than light travel. I'm willing to put that aside because they're trying to tell you a lot about Luke, but they couldn't, it had to be in service to Ray's story because again, the, Star Wars movies have always been pretty shallowly following a, a thread in a story. So, um, and I think that, you know, they did the best with the amount of time they had to cram into the character to try to convince you that the character has changed a lot. And as far as if you accept all that history and you have no problems with it, I totally see him withdrawing from the force and why you would throw away his lightsaber, all this other stuff. Again, Luke throwing away the lightsaber. If we wanted to set up this character and we wanted to tell that story. He should have thrown it over his shoulder at the end of episode seven, not at the beginning of episode eight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I feel that way. Um, let me come back a little bit to I agree with Lucas, which after episode one, two, and three, I didn't think I would feel that way. <clears throat> but admittedly so, this movie has changed how I feel about one, two, and three. Is I agree with uh, Lucas. Yeah. I agree with Lucas in some comments that he's had through certain publications of the general idea of the Jedi temple. And by extension of that is talked a little bit about what his original idea for Luke in 
789 would be. And it would be he was had become reclusive. He had become like an old Ben or like a uh, like a Yoda. But uh, the idea was for him to be, you know, building back the Jedi Temple. And it's going to start with Rey. And in that her name was Kira. It would start with Kira and she's going to he, he willingly trains her and will and, and uh, build back the, the Jedi Order or a new version of the Jedi Order. All that kind of stuff I'm fine with. I'm fine with Luke being, you know, in isolation and and re- withdrawing from the Force. I'm actually okay with all of that because he's been kind of whiny the whole time. Anakin's whiny. He's whiny. It's just the Skywalker way to be incredibly powerful, a little bit bitchy. Yeah. The um, male Skywalkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The male Skywalkers. Um, the female Skywalkers are apparently like stone cold badasses. Yeah. Um, but... The part of that with his motivation with Kylo Ren that you're talking about is essentially, and I assume this is probably what they did in the meeting, was they sat down and they go, what if we gave Luke the baby Hitler story? The whole the whole conundrum of, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> would you go back and kill, kill baby, baby Hitler? Hitler right. Um, and in this case, it's basically like, would you sure go would. back? Eat him too. Would you go back and kill Anakin from the first movie? Is basically what they're asking here is knowing everything that happens, would you kill Anakin in Phantom Menace? Mm. Um, would you bomb a pod racer? Right. Um, and in this, it seems like they gave him that that choice of like, you see now through the force that he's he's been pulled to the dark side to this supposedly very powerful uh, you know, not Sith, but very powerful, you know, uh, dark side uh, person. And he chooses to kill baby Hitler, which honestly, almost nobody, at least that I've ever heard talk about that question goes, yeah, I'm going to kill baby Hitler. Cause you're not going to kill a baby like that, that, that oh, baby no. has not done anything yet. And, and Kylo Ren has not done anything yet. He's, you know, and the whole idea of four, five and six is that it's not too late. You watch three movies to say it's not too late. It's never too late. Like you watch three movies to see it's not too late for somebody. You can still turn around at the very end. And then Luke, who was part of turning his dad around, then comes back and goes, I sense evil. Better cut that one off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't match the character. And that's what has driven me crazy about that character. And by extension and other reasons, the last Jedi is it just doesn't fit the character's previous MO. Everything changes. Changing a story with the toys that you have, with your characters you have, cool, do that. It's your story, Ryan. Do whatever you want to. But you can't change the characters you're working with. That's like getting three wishes and your first wish being all the wishes you want. Like, it doesn't work that mm. way. The character's already written. You have to move the piece. You can't reshape the piece. See, that's not that's not how I saw that. What I saw was this was a character at the end of Jedi return of not last of, because apparently we're doing that nine movies, a universe with 400 million holocron entries. We can't think of anything else to talk about. Nope. Well, they could have called this one the first order strikes back. Yeah, there you go. At least I abbreviate that empire. So I could go empire in order empire order one. Wait, episode one or rogue one. (laughs) No, no. Number one chronologically. Four. It's like a math problem. It's like <laughs> if a solve for X. Uh, solve for X. Uh, it's right there. <laughs> if a bantha leaves New York at ten o'clock. That's something that uh, Kevin Smith brought up. I'm not going to take credit for this, but you have the horses on Canto Bite. Have we talked about Canto Bite yet? Canto Bite doesn't ring a bell. Casino Cantina. Casino Cantina. Casinta. Can- no. It's a Quinceanera. Quinceanera. <laughs> you have this whole thing of like horse racing, right? They're fast. Right. And it's something that people ride on the back of, you know, 
like this whole spaghetti space western thing that we're talking about. Okay, let's keep all that in mind. Hey, you remember back to the movie that was this movie in the first trilogy? Guess what? They were riding a big animal. Why can't I thought they smell bad on the outside? I rewatched all three of them on New Year's Day to give like, and I watched all three. I forgot what I was trying to look up now. <laughs> I watched four, five, six on New Year's Day and in hoping to be like, maybe they weren't as good as I thought they were. Maybe this is actually by comparison. No, they're just as good as I thought they were. Well, you know, that's interesting. Um, I have no clue what I, what I said last time, so I'll probably make them up completely different this time, but right. uh, ranking the movies. Uh, Wait, where where in the ranking? Let's hold that. Let, let's where, hold where, that. Where in the ranking does yeah? Uh, where in the ranking does eight fall? And has it reordered anything else? Like you said earlier, you appreciate the, the first trilogy a bit more. That's what I want to leave. So you and I will discuss ours at the end. But let's go ahead and say if anybody wants to send us theirs, uh, that's what I want to hear about this week. Is I want people to rank their Star Wars movies now that this is in the pantheon of Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, Gen Geek, the number one at gmail.com, uh, G E N G E E K, the number one at gmail.com. So let's, that's that's going to be what we're throwing out this week is I got to hear people rank their movies and why. Go ahead and give reasons, maybe a little blurb out next to each movie. If you want to write a diatribe, I don't care. I'll probably read it. Um, but going back to Cantobite, <laughs> <laughs> Cantobite is you've got these horse, horses yeah. and the same movie in uh, Empire, you have Tauntauns. Mm-hmm. It's a horse-like creature that people are riding around. Seems pretty fast. You go to Cantobite, and you have these horse races. Why can you not have Tauntauns in the horse race? Are you just so afraid of oh, having yeah, have stuff a from Empire? thing. No, it's, I mean, yeah. there's, no, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like, like they come out for the race to go back into the refrigerated boxes. <laughs> yeah. But why could you not have that? Like, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. If you're new to Star Wars, you're not going to, like, care what the animal looks like if you but if you have nostalgia for these movies if you have nostalgia for these movies and they open it up and a tauntaun flies out racing you're like oh and i thought they were slow on the inside (laughs) and they're (laughs) i can't believe you still remembered that you get those guys outside and they're flying bravo bravo sir but instead they made these big doughy-eyed horses and i'm like that's great but you just look like you made a japanese horse like it's just anime horse time yeah it, it was and if anything, if you want to really like sell the whole excesses of Canto Bite, it seems like it makes a lot more sense to um, import something from Hoth than it does to be like that field literally right over there, 400 yards away. Plus, we got kids we could send over there. Just go take your damn brooms <laughs> and swat those horses into this stable. That's like the laziest thing. That's not that's not exotic. That's not valuable. That's not something you spend a lot of money on. If we're really wasteful, put it in a desert and have a bunch of tauntauns and be like, oh, no, we have an icebox. We keep them in normally. But you know what? Sometimes they die on the track. We just buy another one. We don't care that it costs us 500 million you know, lightsaber credits. That's how much money we have. That's how much money we threw away. And most people know lightsaber credits are about worth a half of Bitcoin. Oh, are you in, uh, you in vegetable-based cryptocurrencies oh, too? stop it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you said Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Uh... <laughs> this has been General Geekery, specifically. It's a podcast. He's Ben. He's Lou. And there is a McDonald's in every continent except Antarctica. So what, penguins can go fuck themselves?
the New York really comes out in you after a couple of beers. What about the penguins? Fuck the penguins. They go fuck themselves. They ain't been working. Penguins, what about the Rangers? <laughs> the Rangers. They don't high stick. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Five old. That's what I'm talking about. You don't know nothing about no five old. Your mom knows something about five old. Hey, say hi to your brother for me. What did you just say? <laughs> did you have a stroke? That's it. He stroked out. Also, he passed out. Four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two. Oh God, I'm an idiot. He's stuck on an infinite loop. <laughs>